The Money Show. Ad feature. With Andy Rice. Hello, Andy Rice. How are you doing? Hello, Ray. How the devil are you? Not too bad. Better than Netflix. I think you see they're losing subscribers. What's going on there? Well, um, I think they've, they've put forward various explanations, but the, the, the real reason why they actually lost 200,000 subscribers over a period in which they were planning earlier to add 2 million um, is the, different, the short-term difference in listening habits thanks to the pandemic. So I think what happened was that the, that the, the year or, or year and a half prior to these figures were bolstered up by the fact that more people were staying at home and, and wanting Netflix to, to give them something to do and something to entertain them. And so when, when perhaps that finally started to tail off and, and happily we got into a, a post-COVID situation, he said, optimistically, yeah. um, so the figures didn't look so good in comparison. But I think it's, it's an artificial inflation of earlier figures rather than a, um, a, a, a deflation of, of existing and more recent figures. I think that what it is, what is interesting about it is that it's it's forcing Netflix to consider other business models because it's, it, it to some extent it is um, going to continue at, at, the, at the lower levels, and I think they're looking at, at things like a, a cheaper subscription service that's funded by advertising. Advertising? Oh my goodness, no, not advertising. I'm afraid, I'm afraid yeah. that's quite possibly. Uh, in the in the Netflix future, yeah, you have to do it. And of course, they they'll be clamping down. They say you can no longer have your entire family using your one subscription. In fact, the White family now you'll have to pay for yourself because, unfortunately, uh, that's exactly what they've done. And of course, any DSTV did the same thing. You can't have a whole lot of people signing onto your profile because they were also losing money, weren't they? Well, I suppose that's reasonable if you if you if you stand back and, and ask yourself dispassionately. Uh, is this is this un- unreasonable? And and I think that there has to be some kind of limit on when you buy one product, how many times other people can use it. When it's a service delivery rather than a physical product, where obviously you're free to do with it what you like. Yeah. Something else that's sort of bubbling up uh, at the moment: the Advertising Regulatory Board winning a Supreme Court judgment. What was that all about? Yeah, this is quite important for the local advertising industry, Ray. The um, uh, the, the previous incarnation, the previous role filled as a, as a self-regulation watchdog was done by um, the ASA, the Advertising Standards Authority. Sadly, that eventually imploded for financial reasons. Um, and there was a, a period of time when there was very little in the way of structures that allowed you to um, regulate the advertising industry in terms of its responsibilities. Um, uh, and into that gap eventually was the Advertising Regulatory Board, the ARB. But the concept of self-regulation of the industry does rather depend on on everybody being involved and no uh, loose ends or um, uh, non-contributors being tolerated. And that was not the case. This this latest judgment will help enormously because what it's saying is that um, you, the ARB now is free to pass, to examine and pass judgment on campaigns that are from non-members. Right. So it, it makes the extent, extent of, um, they've got a lot of members now uh, anyway, but there's obviously a lot more that they haven't got in their, in their fold. And uh, it's quite important that they be regulated as well in some way. And now this seems to be uh, increasing consumer protection by saying, even if these people are not members of the ARB, and uh, not putting themselves forward for uh, self-regulation, 
they can be judged and perhaps um, uh, sanctioned by by the local industry, by the members of the yeah. ARB. So it's, it's a significant yeah. step forward, I think. I don't understand all the legalese, but yeah, I think it's important. Well, the way that you've described it, I mean, I would think this is long overdue. It, it really is. Nobody wants to have a, a heavy-handed regulatory authority or body, but something like this could really work. Yeah, and it's been working. It's, um, it's had some significant uh, challenges over the last couple of years in terms of some of the, the bigger issues they've tackled. Um, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's done well, and, and uh, the, the team behind the uh, the ruling have been rewarded for their their endeavours and their persistence in terms of, of getting this kind of uh, uh, ruling through the Supreme Court. This is this was a judgment from the Supreme Court, so it should stick. Yeah, what is this about Accenture Interactive now called Accenture Song? Yes, this one made my eyebrows go up. I must say, when I when I saw it. Um, and it was it was a release from Accenture, so there was no one taking the mickey. Um, the the professional services industry or management consultant, whatever you want to call them, have been making waves in the advertising world recently because they kind of run out of things to re-engineer at the business level. So they're saying, ah, there's some nice marketing budgets we must have a go at. And um, they've quite correctly launched themselves into the digital space, into the interactive space. Um, with campaigns that are designed for social media and other digital platforms. Um, and Accenture, as one of those, um, uh, launched themselves as Accenture Interactive and effectively launched a digital advertising agency some three or four years ago, maybe a bit more than that. But what's, what's surprised people subsequently, because there was a concern about whether uh, professional consultancies, which come from strong auditing backgrounds usually, uh, would, would turn out to be um, uncreative and, and dampening of the creative spirit. But yeah. they quite intriguingly went out and bought themselves some creative agencies. In London, there's an agency called Karma-Rama, which has a very high reputation for creativity. Um, even bigger on the global stage is, is an agency called Droga 5. Locally, they've just acquired King James. So they're, they're really filling their, their creative um, quiver full of, of really top-level uh, arrows. And... Yeah. Um, well, so this changed now from Accenture Interactive to Accenture Song, as in singer song, right. um, is, is slightly bewildering. But from the quote uh, from the management team announcing the, the launch of Accenture Song, it, it clarifies things enormously by saying that building on Accenture's longstanding culture of change, the name Accenture Song conveys an enduring and universal form of human craft connection, inspiration, technical prowess, and experience. Oh, I'm wow. a bit tired here. Unleashing, unleashing the imagination <laughs> and ideas of its people to deliver tangible results. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that tells us quite a lot about, about a lot of things. Yeah, it does, actually. But, it uh, says not, it all right there. About, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's park that one then. And I, before we get to the hero and zero, and I love that, but before we get to the hero and zero, the Musk Twitter affair, what is your take on this? I was, I was chatting to, to Duncan McLeod about this a little, a little bit earlier on, and he was saying, I mean, we just don't know what's happening with this thing. Will he take it over and change things? Did he buy it on a whim? What is your take on the whole Elon Musk taking and buying Twitter? Well, Duncan is a character who would know very, very much more about uh, 
this uh, space in the industry than, than I do. But I just look at it as, as, a, as a channel, as an advertising channel, and ask myself, what is the what is the effect? I think it's it's one of the problems is we're all furiously scrabbling for answers to questions that were only asked about 48 hours ago. So it seems a bit unfair to be expecting a, a complete business model to be out on display. But all I would do is I would slightly caution um, the, uh, the, the, the musks of this world because this is a very volatile area. And although Twitter is doing really well, I believe, in terms of sheer numbers, uh, there are case studies uh, in, in earlier times of brands like um, MySpace, uh, Friends Reunited, and even even um, Facebook at the moment is, yeah. is showing some signs of long-term weakness because of its, uh, its losing support amongst the, uh, the younger generations in favor of Instagram. So what seems an impregnable, massive, monolithic, uh, uh, unshiftable body of, uh, of Twitter I, I just think that there's a possibility that when when it starts to lose uh, its uh, its advantage to any other major competitor, these things can escalate and go down like an avalanche down a Swiss Alp. Yeah, very interesting, isn't it? All right, heroes and zeros. Let's start with zeros for a change because it's nice to see who's not doing well and then come back with somebody who is doing well. Who's your zero, Andy? Well, one of the things that um, the industry ought to do well is its own communication. It's always been a, uh, an issue that they um, encourage their clients to spend lots of money on advertising, but don't necessarily advertise themselves. Well, the same would apply not just to individual brands, but to the industry. And, and the advertising industry doesn't that often run any kind of a campaign for advertising in itself, except that the, now that there is a new um, awards scheme for effectiveness, what, what used to be the much-loved old Apex Awards are now the Effie's Awards, which mm. is an international brand. But the, the, the criteria are still the same. It's advertising effectiveness, campaign effectiveness. Um, but what, what they're doing at the moment, and this is, comes under, this falls under the ACA, um, is uh, advertising not just for entries, but for judges. And, and it seems strange to me that, that any advertising for, for judges and for uh, entries, for that matter, should be as naive and as unspectacular as this campaign is. I wish there was a radio version of it because I could play it for you. Yeah. But they've created in their call for advertising and in their call for applications to be a judge, which I would have thought was unnecessary. Um, they have created a campaign built around a metaphor of um, sort of medical effectiveness by saying, here's the, here's the, uh, the, the, um, the diagnosis and here's the solution the diagnosis is a series of, of strange words built up from a mix of, of, of inputs so we have um, same same influenza i.e same same influenza we have yeah. functional necrosis i mean I, that and it's all done with some fairly uh, it looks like layout stage graphics and visuals mm. and the whole thing just seems to me a very bad argument for the advertising industry itself. Yeah. You would think that there would be a very good uh, opportunity with with a campaign that's going to reach the entire industry of doing something which in itself is spectacular and would perhaps win an effie. This won't. That's all I can say. Yeah, it sounds like it. a disappointing step from the street. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's finish on a high. It's Freedom Day tomorrow. It's a public holiday. What is your hero? Who are your heroes? Well, um, retail 
advertising is always difficult because there's a terrible temptation to go very short-term, pile them high, sell them cheap, and run some very inexpensively produced ads. And perhaps the the clothing retail industry is as um, as guilty of that as anyone. I, I learned a, a big lesson when in the 90s I was working at Ogilvy, and one of the well, two of the brands we handled from one owner was uh, Jet and Sales House. And Jet did some, well, they both did some really nice stuff, which went far beyond just saying, here's a T-shirt, uh, 15 Rand 99 or whatever it was in those days. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they showed stuff that, that you wanted to watch because it was just entertaining and, and kids were doing strange things. And uh, they're doing that again now, incidentally. I'm starting to see a return to this, a return to perhaps what you might call the Nando's model, advertising that can do both. It can talk long-term about the brand and it can turn talk short-term about any price promotion that may be on right yeah um so i'm always i'm always impressed by brands that are in the retail space and do something a little different and we have a brand a specialist brand called uh, johnson's workwear um uh which kind of does what it says on the can um and uh, they are m- marketers of of uh, bad weather and bad condition clothing um, sorry, that didn't come out very well, did it? So with bad conditions, <laughs> yeah. bad weather. You need strong, you need strong um, workwear. And apart from, they, they do two things right. One that they do every year, which is to which is to issue a, a really well produced supplement on their entire range, which goes into the business newspapers and um, shows that they're really prepared to put some money into production values and the like. But what they've done, this is the first time I've seen it, is they now make available a service in all of their retail outlets whereby you can go and get your new jacket um, embroidered with your logo or your, or your company message uh, actually in the store. So there's an opportunity, I think, to give you a good reason to want to go to Johnson's rather than, 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 than another one. And uh, the only thing that, for me, that's, it's a tiny point, but it's a differentiating point. It's always the smaller things that make the difference. And for me, that's good enough for them to get a zero, a hero. Sorry, a hero. hero. But yes. I, 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 ne- I nearly took it away from them for the fact that in this same brochure, which devotes the back page to telling us about the embroidery service, there is not one, not one as far as I can see, model out of the seven or eight pages worth who's got any kind of embroidery on their mm. on their jacket. Do you think they would take that advantage, that opportunity? You do. But I don't think it's enough to to qualify them. I think they're they're. Uh, a company in a sector that doesn't necessarily understand brands that well. I think they're doing a very good job. It's Johnson Workwear for a hero. Nice one. There we go. Johnson Workwear, hero on Freedom Day Eve. Uh, Heroes and Zeros with our branding expert, Andy Rice. Andy, have a lovely public holiday tomorrow. And to you, Ray. Thank you for your time.